My God, I feel something about to break loose. I dare somebody to take about 30 seconds and shout because he did it. I dare you to shout because he did it. Hey, one, two, one, two. He did it. 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 Now give him a shout of praise. seat and I just need you to add something to that tell somebody if he did it before he can do it again I said if he did it before he can do it again that's that David testimony uh, that stood in front of a giant uh, and said if he helped me against the lion uh, and he helped me against the bear uh, then there's no giant uh, that can stand in front of the God. I just need at least 200 people in the building uh, that can reach back uh, to something in your past uh, and declare if he did it before, uh, he can do it again. Uh, the same God uh, that blessed you before uh, can bless you again. Uh, the same God uh, that opened the door back here uh, he can do it again. Yeah. Yes. That's why the Bible commands us to rejoice. The word rejoice is a compound word. Joyce coming from the word to be joyful. 
Re means to do it again. I was excited the first time he did it. And now when I think about it, I start getting excited all over again. And I got to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice when I think of the goodness of Jesus. And all he's done for me, I've got to... If he never does another miracle, if he never answers me again, he's already been so good. If I had 10,000 tongues, it wouldn't be enough to give him praise. Somebody lift your hands and shout because he did it. He did it. Somebody got it right there. Somebody let it drop in their spirit right there. Somebody let it get in your spirit right there. Yes. Yes. in this building tonight if somebody just had mustard seed faith in the building uh, you could get your miracle tonight uh, if you just had mustard seed faith uh, God can do it for you tonight clap your hands one more time and give God the praise whoa you excited to be the, at the house of the Lord tonight Amen. Stand with me all over the building. We're going to go to the book of John, chapter 16. Amen. While you're standing and while you're grabbing your Bible, I want to say what a privilege it is to have every one of our guests in the house of the Lord with us tonight. Rock Church, we've got a handful of guests tonight. Would you help me make some noise? I need to borrow your voice in your hands. Help me show them some real TRC love tonight. We are so honored to have each and every one of you in the house of the Lord with us tonight. We're sorry for being so laid back and quiet tonight, but we promise if you come back at other service, we'll make sure to get really excited. <laughs> Amen. I still see some ties around necks. That means we didn't get full throttle tonight. Amen. So, but the service ain't over. You never know what might happen in the building. But we are so excited to have you in the house of the Lord with us tonight. Again, such an honor to have uh, brother and sister Barry with us all the way from Mississippi tonight. And little baby Ollie is with them this time. Let's put our hands together and give them a great big welcome. Amen. What an incredible move of God this morning. How many of you were blessed by what God did in this house today? Amen. When the Holy Ghost finished this morning, Adriana was baptized in Jesus' name, came out of the water speaking in tongues as God filled her with the Holy Ghost. I think we ought to give God a great big praise for that tonight. Amen. I understand that she recently moved here just not too long ago. And uh, welcome home. Amen. Give her a great big welcome home tonight. Amen. Anybody come ready for the word of the Lord in this place tonight? 
Amen. We're going to the book of John chapter 16 again while you turn there. Let remind you that starting Tuesday, we're going to be working really hard putting together all of our all nations teams. And we want everybody, tell your neighbor, everybody. Tell your other neighbor, everybody. We want everybody to be involved. Amen, somebody? Listen, I don't come to church to be served. I come to church to be a blessing. Come on, when I got the Holy Ghost, God delivered me from a welfare mentality of gimme, gimme, gimme. And God taught me that it's time to give. Come on, I need about 10 witnesses in the building. Don't, when these occasions come, don't sit on the pew and be a taker. Get signed up and be a giver. Amen? We want to bless our community. We want to reach as many people as we can. And so we need everybody to get signed up, get plugged in. There's a place for you somewhere to help with something. And we're going to have an absolutely unbelievable time on All Nations Sunday. Pastor Joel Buxton will be in the building preaching it's going to get crazy up in here. Amen. John chapter 16 and verse number 33, one verse of Scripture, says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That word, that word tribulation in the original is the word flipsis, which means pressure. Tell your neighbor, pressure. And so if we read it again using the word pressure, it says, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have pressure, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. For a few moments tonight, I simply want to preach to somebody in this building that your pressure has purpose. Your pressure has purpose. Would you tell that to about three of your neighbors tonight? Tell them your pressure has purpose. Let's use another word for pressure, the word stress. Tell your neighbor, I know you're stress-free, but just in case, I want you to know that your stress has purpose. Your pressure has purpose. If you believe that, one more time, put your hands together and give God a great big praise all across this building tonight hallelujah amen you may be seated tonight we are introduced to pressure from the very inception of life from the moment of conception we begin to grow and then we begin to feel pressure. Pressure as we grow beyond the limits and the boundaries of the embryo that we're inside of. Pressure that causes mama to walk around like this. I wish I had one good example to bring up here tonight. No, I wouldn't do that to her. When you see her walking like this, she's under pressure. And the baby is under pressure. And when it's time to go from one environment to the next, it takes pressure. You're in the delivery room, and what's the operative word in the delivery room? Push. Pressure, push, and you're moving from one place of pressure into another place of pressure because as soon as the baby is born, 
The baby is then exposed immediately to atmospheric pressure. You and I live every moment of every day under pressure. 14.7 pounds per square inch of body surface to be exact. The average body has about 280 square inches of body surface. Some may vary. <laughs> Turn and tell your neighbor, I might be a variant. <laughs> 2,789 square inches on the average human body, meaning that the average body is constantly under an average of 41,000 pounds of atmospheric pressure. That is equivalent to the weight of 10 automobiles every day. While you're sleeping or night, some of y'all night and day, you need God to help you get on up out of that bed and get to work. Well, it got quiet up in here. Good Lord, I ought to, to drop the nines right there and plow a little while. Pressure. Pressure. And then we've got the pressure of life. I got the pressure of putting food on the table and pressure of the light bill and pressure of putting the gas in the tank. And I got the pressure of taking care of the babies. And I got the pressure of cleaning the house. Not me, I mean, you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes me. Kinda. Lord, I'm trying to tell the truth in some sort of a way. And there's the pressure of relationships that they bring in and, and, and then the stress of, and pressure when something's not right. And, 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 and then there's the, the pressure of, of school. I just need 10 students to give me an amen right there. And yeah, I thought so. The, the pressure of, of homework every day and the pressure of not getting enough sleep because you're up doing your homework all night. And then there's pressure and then, and then pressure to try and hope I get the grade so, so I can try to get a little bit better job when it's all said and done. And, and how many of you have lived life long enough to understand that, that you are constantly under pressure? And is there anybody beside me that has ever said, God, if I could just hit the relief valve for a little while. Ten of y'all telling the truth. The rest of y'all going to hell on a scholarship. Uh, is there anybody beside me that's ever woke up one day uh, and said, Lord, I don't want to play today. God, I don't want to face the pressure today. I don't want to deal with my mom and dad today. I don't want to deal with my coworkers. Lord, uh, if I could just have, I just need about 30 people uh, who ain't ashamed to shout right now uh, that you've dreamed about a day uh, where there's no, let somebody else do it. God, let somebody else lift it. God, let somebody else stress after it. Lord, would you remove the pressure? And we dream of a zero gravity life. We imagine what life would be like without challenges. And pressure but from a biological standpoint zero gravity is hazardous to your health astronauts who spend any length of time in a zero gravity space after a while begin to face serious medical complications you understand that Without any resistance or pressure, they, 
they begin to lose muscle mass. And they begin to lose bone density. They, they begin to experience high pulse rates and heart palpitations. And, and when they re-enter the earth's atmosphere, sometimes uh, they, they can barely even uh, walk. Uh, why? Because they have been living uh, in a zero-gravity environment. Uh, and although we often dream uh, about zero-gravity life, uh, sometimes what we need uh, is not zero-gravity, uh, but we need a healthy dose uh, of pressure. Uh, we need a healthy dose of adversity. I know I wasn't going to get any shouters right there, but I need somebody to shout, my pressure has purpose. Your pressure, say my pressure, has purpose in your life. Exodus chapter number 1 and verse 11 said, Therefore uh, they did set over them taskmasters uh, to afflict them with their burdens. Uh, and they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, uh, Python and Ramses. Uh, but the more uh, they afflicted them, uh, the more uh, they multiplied uh, and they uh, grew. Uh, I can imagine that every day uh, they said if we could just get uh, the taskmasters off our backs. Uh, if we could just rid ourselves uh, of the daily grind and pressure. Uh, but what they failed to realize uh, is that God was using uh, their pressure uh, to make them stronger. Uh, God was using the pressure uh, to multiply them. I just need a witness uh, in the building. God uh, was using the pressure uh, to cause them uh, to grow and I came to preach to somebody on a Sunday night that your pressure has purpose and it's going to cause you to be stronger than you were before and it's going to cause you to be wiser than you were before. I just need about 200 radical people to stand at your feet and say bring it on tonight. Bring on the pressure. Bring on the weight. God, I'm getting stronger. God, I'm being multiplied. God, when I come out of this, I'm going to be better than I was before. You got to testify and say, we like baby's kids. We don't die. We multiply. See, some of y'all, some of y'all Raised in church, you never get that reference, but some of us know. Some of us delivered people know. You need to tell you need to tell the devil, I'm not gonna die, I'm gonna multiply. This pressure isn't gonna cause me to break, it's gonna cause me to become stronger. Oh, somebody ought to shout over that tonight. This stress isn't going to cause me to quit. It's going to cause me to be a champion. It's going to cause me to be a winner. It's going to cause me to go to new levels and defeat new devils. Come on, somebody. You got to learn how to shout because there is purpose in your pressure. We have a natural tendency to evade pressure. And if we're not careful, we will abort things in our life that are there for a purpose to cause us to become what God has called us to be. If you're not careful, you'll quit because of the pressure and not even understand that you aborted the process of God making you who he wanted you to be. Just because it got harder doesn't mean there's something wrong. It could be that there's something right. When it gets harder, it could be that God's about to elevate you. My God, I just need a witness in the building. It could be that God is preparing you for the weight of glory uh, that he has for you uh, on the next level. 
And so you got to quit praying against the pressure. Quit praying for God to give you a lighter load. And instead pray, God, give me a stronger back to carry it. Come on, if you got enough faith uh, to believe God to remove pressure, uh, you ought to have enough pray faith uh, for him to increase your strength uh, to handle the pressure. That's, uh, I'd rather pray that God makes me stronger. Uh, I'd rather pray that God uh, makes me, come on, somebody in the building, uh, your pressure uh, has a purpose. Twentieth-century psychologist Alfred Adler conducted a research project that popularized the theory of compensation. The idea that when you have a challenge in your body, your body will often compensate for the struggle. He did a study, and he studied art students and discovered that 70% of them suffered from optical abnormalities. His study found degenerative traces in the ears of great composers like Mozart and Beethoven. He cited numerous examples of other people who eventually became successful in the area of their greatest struggle or pressure. In other words, their greatest area of struggle became their greatest area of strength. See, y'all missed that right there. The area you're struggling with the most now has the potential of becoming your strong point when you understand that your pressure has purpose. Your greatest area of opposition has the potential of becoming your greatest area of strength and power if you will embrace the pressure. Adler believed that birth defects and poverty and illness and negative circumstances often proved to be the springboard of success. But before Adler ever theorized this, the Word of God told us in Romans chapter 5 and verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation. There's that word again. We glory in pressure. Woo! There's praise in the pressure. That's why when I'm under pressure, you're going to see me shout like I never shout before. That's why when I'm under pressure, you're going to see me pray better than I ever pray. My God, I need somebody to get that right now. I'm not coming out of it. I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to rejoice in my pressure. I came to preach to somebody. You've got an opportunity in this season to increase your strength. You've got an opportunity in this season to gain ground in your walk with God. We glory in pressure knowing tell your neighbor knowing tell your neighbor I know that I know that tribulation pressure worketh patience that word worketh is the word katergazomai which means to gain as a result of working out God's got you in a spiritual gym. I said, God's got you in a spiritual gym. 
and the pressure is just like them putting her. I'm going to put another 25 pound on the barbell. Why? Because it's time for you to get stronger. Come on, it's not the devil. Sometimes it's God in the gym saying, I believe you got more in you than that. And the only way I can prove it to you is to put a little more pressure. Your pressure is going to work. Patience, I just need about 10 shouters in the building. My God, God's got some of us in the gym. What doesn't kill you will only make you stronger. The old adage says, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. The more the pressure, the more determined I become. The great, come on, I'm anti-fragile. I'm not just stable. I'm not fragile. I'm anti-fragile. Bring on the weight. Bring on the pressure. Why? I understand there's purpose. I understand what's on the other side of the pressure. I've got a revelation of what's on the other side of what I'm going through. And patience worketh experience. And experience worketh hope. And faith is the substance of things hoped for. There is an equivalency to the level of hope you have and the faith that you have. The more hope you can muster up, the stronger your level of faith is going to be. But the only way it comes is by pressure. I just need about 20 people in the building. You understand you've been praying, God, give me more faith. God, I need more faith to believe in what you're going to do. God said, all right, let's increase the pressure so I can increase your faith. There are some things that God can only bring about in our lives through pressure. And I'm preaching to somebody tonight that God is using pressure and adversity to make you great. That stress is your best friend. That adversity you're dealing with is the best thing that could have happened to you right now. That struggle you're in the middle of is exactly what God needed to take place in your life to get you where he, I just need somebody with faith in your heart to shout over that word right there. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 15 says this. For all things, shout all things, are for your sakes. That for you, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause, listen, we faint not. That's just King James language for we don't give up. I just need somebody radical enough to run the aisles right there. I got a word for the devil tonight. We don't give up. We will faint not. Come on, he's working all things for our sake. And because we understand that, we will not give up. I'm not giving up. I'm not getting depressed. I'm not getting distracted. I'm not going to be delayed because I understand the pressure is working for me. I understand that the, the adversity is a tool that God is using on my behalf. It's working for my sake. 
Sister Sferlaza, if I handed you this big old speaker right here, would you say it's heavy? She said, Brother Stewart, if I hand you the same speaker, is it that heavy? Not really that heavy. You see, how heavy or how light something is completely depends on your control of perspective. If you say it's heavy, you're going to perceive it as heavy. Some of y'all need to quit putting the word heavy on the afflictions that you're dealing with. And you need to do what the word says and start calling them your light afflictions. I just need a witness in the building. This ain't nothing. It's just a little something. It's a light affliction. My God, I'm still here. I still got breath in my body. I still got my family. My God, this ain't nothing. Some of you are magnifying the tools of the enemy when you should be magnifying the God that you serve. When you see how big your God is, it's nothing but a light affliction. For our, and I like it, he was speaking in faith. He didn't say my light affliction. He went ahead and spoke on behalf of everybody. I'm telling all y'all, our light affliction. I'm speaking it over you. It's not too heavy. It's a light affliction. I'm prophesying it over your life. Our affliction in Southwest Florida is a light affliction. Which is, but for a moment. Listen to this. It worketh. It's employed by me. It works for me. And this light affliction worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The return on your pressure is greater than the price of your pressure. I'm going to say that again. You can tweet it when you get home. I said the return on your pressure is a lot greater than the cost and the price of your pressure. Paul said it like this in Romans 8 and 18. He said, for I reckon that the present suffering of this world is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed. See, only three of you even caught that. What you're dealing with and the pressure you're under is not even worthy to be compared with the glory that God's going to reveal in your life because of the pressure that you're under. Somebody ought to shout right now over your pressure tonight. There are some places that God wants to take us that if he took us there now, it would destroy us. And so God has to strengthen us. And he has to condition us for the weight of his glory. Tell your neighbor, can you stand to be blessed? I know you want to be blessed. But blessing comes with weight. And blessing comes with pressure. And blessing comes. I know, no, I know. You just, you just want the blessing. But God knows that with the blessing comes the pressure. I just need ten witnesses in the building. If you want to be blessed, you got to embrace the pressure. If you want to be blessed, you got to embrace what it takes to be ready for the blessing that God wants to put in your life. Massive structures that are held up by steel beams, tempered steel. How 
do they get the steel to become so strong that it will not break and it will not bow under pressure. I don't know how many tons of weight load is on the buildings, a building of this size. I don't know what kind of weight, tons of pressure are on these beams, but it would blow your mind how much weight is setting on those steel beams that have been tempered. How do they become so strong? I'll tell you how. It is achieved through exposure to heat of 370 degrees Celsius. There's only one way to get the strength you got to embrace the fire there's only one way to take get the strength you got to be willing to go through the fire come on I need some people in the building you've been praying for God to strengthen you so God said let me open the furnace you've been praying for God to make you a stronger woman so God said all right let me put you in the fire oh I'm in the fire rejoice over your pressure because it's making you stronger and it's preparing you for what God is about to rest over your life. The greatest example of human pressure we have in the Bible next to Jesus in the garden was Job. And Job said it like this. In Job 23 and 10, he said, but he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. God said, Job, I got a hundredfold blessing more than what you got right now. But I can't give it to you until I strengthen you enough to handle it. And there's no way to bring strength to you without pressure. Somebody shout, my pressure has purpose. God could not give, couldn't just give Joseph what he showed him in his dream at his age and stage. He said, I've got to expose him to some environments first. I've got to let him be lied on until he quits retaliating against the lies. I got to let loved ones betray him and forget. Come on. Until he could look at them and say, I still love you. Come on, God said, I can't give it to you, Joseph. I can't give you the glory that I showed you until I put you under some prayer. Come on, I'm, I'm preaching to some people. You're in a test. You're in a process. Don't fail the process. Don't fail the test. Don't give up. Don't get, get discouraged. God's making you stronger. I've got to put Joseph in some situations where everybody forgets about him. I've got to put him in some environments that don't match the dream. But Joseph, it's not always going to look like this. I'm preaching to somebody in the building. Joseph, if I give it to you now, you will use it to vindicate yourself. I got to get all of that out of your spirit. I got to get all of that out of you. Because the greatest test of a man is never his struggle. You want to really test a man to his greatest level. Don't measure him by the struggle. Measure him when success comes. <laughs> That's the real test. Oh, yeah. 
People can be awfully faithful and good Christians when life is upside down. Faithful to the house of God. Faithful to prayer meetings. Struggling financially. But my God, they're faithful in their tithes and offering. Faithful as can be. You want to see the real test? Put a blessing on them. Remove the struggle. And I'll tell you, more people fail that test than ever fail the struggle test. All of a sudden, they ain't faithful to God no more. All of a sudden, they forgot where God brought them from. I'm preaching really good in this place tonight. You want to really test somebody, give them. (laughs) Trouble has killed its thousands, but success has killed its ten thousands. Used to ride a hoopty to church, dropping oil spots in your parking place. But you were faithful to God. Now you're driving a Mercedes or a BMW. I'm, I'm not talking specifically. Don't know about somebody going to get offended. All my Mercedes drivers going to get offended. All of a sudden, you got that brand new. I'll just check. You got that brand new Acura sitting over there. All of a sudden, that Ram TRX is pulled up in the parking lot. And now you're struggling to be faithful to God in your giving. And he's blessed you with more than you've ever had before. And he's, come on, I'm preaching to some people in the building. You're failing the test of God's process in your life. When you were struggling, you'd come into the house of God full of faith. You'd be shouting all over the sanctuary, praying in the altars. Now you're blessed abundantly and you rarely get out of your pew and move to the front of the church. Come on, now you're blessed abundantly and I guess, I guess God isn't worthy of your great praise any longer because it's been too long since you sweated that little suit out. When you were struggling, you used to teach Bible studies and be a soul winner. Now you're too busy making money to win souls anymore. Come on. God said, if I'm going to bless you the way I want to bless you, I got to take you through some processes until I can get all of the stuff out of you, until you can stand before your brothers. And instead of paying them back and retaliating, you look at them and say, you meant it for evil, but there was pressure. There was purpose in my pressure. You tried to kill me, but there was purpose in that pressure too. You tried to sell me out, but there was purpose in the pressure. And God meant it for good. I believe there's some people that right now, God's got you in a test of elevation. God's finding out if he can elevate you. And the only way he can test you is with pressure. It isn't one surprise to me that three quarters of the year through the year of the open door, God sends a test. You know what it is? Brother Stewart, God said not everybody's ready to go through the door. And the test is going to weed out the people who aren't ready to walk through the door. But there's going to be some people that make it through and they understand the pressure has purpose. And when they come out on the other side, they're going to to be on the other side of a door. They're going to be on the other side of opportunity. They're going to be on the other side of what they've been praying for. I just need about 200 people that believe it down to your toes tonight. God's testing you. Don't you dare pull the plug right now. Don't you dare because you will abort the process. Every time we remove the pressure that God put there, we stop the process.
Can I preach to you tonight about a Jesus who before he had resurrection power submitted himself to the pressure of the process. That before he got up with all power in his hands sweated great drops of blood as he struggled with the pressure and said, Lord, I don't want to do this. God, I don't want to go through this process. I don't want to deal. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? God, I I don't want to keep up waking up every day having to deal with this. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Sometimes the perfect will of God is for you to struggle. Sometimes the perfect will of God is for you to get in a garden and sweat. Come on. Sometimes the will of God is for you to die on a cross. But when you die, you better believe that there is a resurrection plan of God in your life. Music come. The theory of compensation says that when you are injured in one place, that you've got to draw strength from someplace else. That's what the theory of compensation says. When one part becomes weak, something else takes over with its strength. Could I preach it to you the way Paul gave it to us? 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, he said, The Lord said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. That's the law of compensation. When you find a place of weakness, God said, I'll compensate for your weakness with my perfect strength. My strength will step in in the moments you feel like you can't make it any further. My strength will kick in at the moment you think that you can't make it one more step. My strength will be made perfect in weakness. And so Paul said this, most gladly, therefore, because of this revelation, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Some of us need a revelation to quit hanging your head in your infirmities. God doesn't get any glory out of you walking around with a sad look on your face because of the struggle you're in. Am I in the book tonight? God doesn't get any glory out of you complaining to everybody about the hard time you're dealing with. The writer said, I therefore will glory in my infirmities. I'm going to rejoice in the middle of my struggle and pressure because I have a revelation that there is purpose in my pressure. I don't have time to preach all of this. In the world of strength training, it's called the principle of supercompensation. The more a muscle is broke down, anybody know how a muscle is broke down? Through resistance. Resistance causes the breakdown of muscle tissue. And the more a muscle is broke down, the more it builds back up. The same is true with your bones. The 206 bones in our body are always going through a process called remodeling. They are constantly being broken down by osteoclasts and being built back up by osteoblasts. And the process, hear me, is intensified when a bone is broken. When a bone is broken, extra osteoblasts help to rebuild the bone. And rarely 
does a bone break in the same place twice? Because usually it is thicker and stronger where the break took place than it was before the break took place. The body learns how to build strength out of struggle. And I'm closing with this tonight. Listen to me. The patterns of pressure should point you to areas of your life that God is trying to strengthen. Whatever areas that you are experiencing the greatest pressure, those are the areas that God is trying to strengthen in your life. He is purposely bringing pressure to that place because he's preparing it for better and he's preparing it for greater. First Lady shared something with us in our leadership meeting this past week. She was praying this past week as the storm was raging. And she began to think as she looked out the window at all of the palm trees. And I don't, I don't remember if she remembered the scripture that said the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. But as she began to think about the palm tree, she began to study and she found out that a palm tree when presented with wind pressure, responds different than other trees. When other trees feel the wind blow against them and they face the pressure of the storm, their root system becomes challenged and it breaks loose from the ground. But a palm tree, the pressure causes the roots to activate a growth spurt. I forget how many miles per hour, but it's something 40-something, I think, 45 miles per hour of wind. Is that right? 115. I think that's probably hurricane category. That'd be interesting to know what a Cat 1 registers at. 75. Speaking from experience. At 115 miles per hour, it triggers something in the palm tree. And while it's bent over, fighting the pressure, thing inside kicks in and says, don't waste all your energy fighting the storm. It's time to use your energy to grow. And its roots begin a growth spurt because of the wind pressure and the greater the wind pressure becomes the more intense the growth pressure becomes in the root system of that palm i came to preach to somebody tonight your pressure has purpose your prayer life should be getting stronger about now your faith should be getting stronger about, come on, don't get weak and give up and back out and run away. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. You don't respond like every other tree. God is breaking you. Like that broken bone. God says, I've got to make it stronger. And so, bring me my keys, Brother Cadet. As we stand all over this house. Matter of fact, why don't you stand and come as close as you can to the front of this altar tonight. Brokenness. is a part of your purpose. You see, 
if you go to Home Depot or another hardware store today, you can buy a key. Brother Stewart, if you take that key out of the package and you take it home and you try to put that key in the door or in the locks, it won't work. It's not effective. You have to take that key to a smith that understands the pattern of the door that you need to have open. If it's the year of the open door, God, I need the right thing. You got to have a smith that understands the pattern of the door you'd want to open. And a smith will take that key and he'll put it in a vice pressure and he'll hold it in place. And as that key sits in place, he'll bring a tool down that begins to break that key and begins to cut that key. And to the unknowing observer, it could look like the key is being destroyed. But to the person that knows, they understand that key's not being destroyed. That key is being brought into purpose. Who am I preaching to tonight? You're not being destroyed. You're being brought into purpose. The cutting, the friction, and the breaking, all of the pressure is not designed to kill you. It's designed to make you exactly what God has called you to be. You know, some people think I'm being buried alive. I'm being killed. I'm being, anybody, anybody besides me felt that way? I'm being, I'm being buried alive. I got a word for you. Being buried and being planted look exactly the same. But one has the hand of the creator on it that understands your burying has purpose because in the darkness your roots are going to start growing and in the darkness and the weight and the seclusion I'm going to cause you to break the pressure of the barriers that you've been confined to so that you can become greater and the potential of who you are preaching to somebody tonight that God is breaking you in all the right places. And when God finishes with you, he's giving you access to the next dimension. I want us to lift our hands all over this house. Somebody in this building right now needs to begin to lift your voice. And say, all right, God, not my will, but thy will be done. Come on. Your pressure has purpose. I said your pressure has purpose. God's not letting you die. You're not being killed. God's got you planted. And he's making you stronger. And he's making you wiser. And he's expanding your territory. Come on. Somebody lift up your voice right now. Come on, lift up your voice right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up your hands on this Sunday night. On this Sunday night. On this Sunday night. God's bringing you out of the press. Into your purpose. Come on. Lift your voice.
Uh, he will. 